Live from the Santa Barbara neighborhood in Martinez Town, you're listening to Ten Drink Minimum with Chris, Billy, Michael, and Smiley. All right, all right. You can turn the monitor down a little. It sounds a little high. Welcome to Ten Drink Minimum, uh, sponsored by Oscar Blues this week. Woohoo! Yeah, there we are. Badass. I know. I got some Priscilla right here. I want to thank Oscar Blues for sponsoring the show. Remember, if you want to sponsor a show, you know, get on contact us, personal message me on Facebook, and we'll see what we can do. Um, Billy's here, Michael's here, James is here, and I'm very excited from the Destiny Wrestling Organization fighting out from behind the frontier. Is that correct? That that's correct. Yeah, we have Hobo Hank on the show. It's good to be here. I appreciate it. Very cool. Yeah, thanks for the invite. So Billy and I have seen you wrestle, Mm -hmm. and I've seen you wrestle multiple times. Um, I've never seen it live, but I have seen some videos that you showed me. Yeah. So how long long have you been wrestling? Uh, I've been wrestling professionally uh, just over 20 years now. Jeez, Louise. And, I mean, (laughs) this has definitely got to be a hobby, right? I mean, it can't be a full-time gig. Uh, yeah, it's not. You know, I think in the early days, that's what I intended yeah. it to be. I was hoping to be a uh, a big WWE star, but didn't work out that way. But uh, no, it served me well. It's, it's been a great hobby to have, and and uh, I wouldn't trade my time in the ring for anything. Awesome. So I, I oh. remember watching him. I just want to say, like, um, I watched you play um, actual real guitar on stage uh, in, in the ring. I was like, this guy can play guitar. Hell yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you, you come out to Mr. Bojangles, and you were playing Mr. Bojangles. Uh, yes, yeah, that's correct. Turn his mic up a little. I actually have a uh, a band when I'm not wrestling or or working, living. I have a band as well. I'm a songwriter, singer, songwriter. Nice. Um, so they thought that would be cool to kind of bring that <laughs> world into the wrestling world. They said, "Think you can play Mr. Bojangles?" I said, "I think I can handle that." And yeah, uh, I thought that was a pretty cool moment. I thought of actually playing it as I walk out through the crowd, but. I'm not sure how he'd pull that off with all the yeah. high fiving and action. <laughs> well, I mean, in that when we saw you do that, like you came out and, and uh, then you know these 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 Middle Eastern or you know I, like Iranian dudes or whatever they were, mm-hmm. they came out and they they beat the crap out of you and then they hit you over the head with your guitar. Right. Yeah. Was that your guitar? <laughs> Uh, it wasn't my guitar, uh, but it was a real guitar. So, oh man, yeah, we th- we thought that was kind of cool too because I think a lot of times when you see that on television, uh, you assume it's just got to be a prop, it's got to be gimmick. Yeah, um, but uh, never seen anybody play it, a song first and then and then destroy it over someone's head. Yeah, uh, it hurt. Yeah, there's no question about that. I still have the guitar. It's it's one of those keepsakes that I think I'll hold on to for the rest of my life just you know, to remember that moment and stuff yeah, like that. I, I do yeah i have a i have a little collection at home of just i mean you name it from all kinds of matches i've had over the years i've trash wow. can lids and broken glass and barbed wire and all those things and the, the guitar is amongst some of that stuff just any of the memorable fights you've had yeah kind of yeah. a deal yeah you know and over the years there's been so many that you you forget you know it, it, it's it's crazy you know because sometimes the fans remember more than I do yeah and they'll approach me <laughs> a couple years down the road and they'll say do you remember that night when this happened and that happened and I don't at all nothing it's all those concussions yeah that thing that probably has something to do with it oh man um, so I you know in the later years I started writing on those things what what the date was who the match was with uh, just to kind of help jog my memory is. As I get into my former years, I had that same kind of thing too. Except for I was probably really drunk when somebody saw me play. Like, hey, I remember seeing you play at this night place. It's like I don't. Yeah, you were pretty trash. It's like, oh, that sounds about right. Yeah, well, when you're in a band, that's pretty much par for the course. Except yeah. you know, it's not as cool as like, oh, that's when I got hit in the head with a freaking chair. Right, right. <laughs> they they put a chair on my head and did a leg drop off the top turnbuckle onto the chair. That's right. why he doesn't remember. Shattering that. my. My neck. Right. See, and the fans don't understand that sometimes we can't see what actually happened. We feel it, but we don't. I don't have that third, that uh, bird's eye view of, of the actual action. And, uh, and I certainly don't get to see other people's matches. So it, all, all the time you get, you know, this rundown from a fan. And do you remember that night when so and so said this about you? And honestly, I don't because I, I wasn't 
probably, probably nice. wasn't even at the arena yet. Yeah. You guys don't get to see each other's matches. Uh, you, you can, you know, it depends on the venue. Uh, in some places you can kind of peek through the curtain or uh, some of the bigger shows I've done over the years, we may have a monitor in the back with a oh, really? live feed uh, so we can see what's going on out there. Uh, a lot of the times, though, we, we can't. And um, Oh, wow. I didn't know that. It yeah. always seemed like, yeah, like when it, whenever I've ever done any like performance stuff, it's you usually get to see everyone else's stuff. Right. I didn't. You guys just uh, you're like sequestered in the back, just getting ready. Um, yeah, for the most part, and it depends again on the arena or the the venue. Sometimes there's a, a one locker room for everybody. Sometimes there's two. Oh wow! Then um, that locker room may be half a block away once you go down a couple hallways. So oh wow! Can I ask how um, you came up with the character, or what 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 prompted you to actually like? Oh, I'm gonna be a hobo. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, how did you come? Yeah, how did you come up with the character? It's a long story, but well, we got two hours, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had been wrestling already for probably four years, and I, I used to do a, a totally different character. So when I debuted, I was called the Fireman. The Fireman. The Fireman. Actually, originally I was called the Black Angel. So. Oh, were you like a bad guy? I, I was a bad guy, and I, I wore a mask with flames all over the mask. I had flames down my my black pants. Oh wow! Um, and this was twenty years ago, right? This was twenty. Yeah, this is back that makes in more sense. Ninety-six, and kind of looked like a luchador, but obviously mm. I'm a I'm a white guy, so yeah. Um, but yeah, I, was, I build myself from Los Angeles, California. I was super arrogant. Um, I would go out every night and you know just flirt with people's girlfriends and uh, as a fireman, as the fireman, yeah. <laughs> so. The flirty fireman. Yeah, and and uh, I mean I, I like doing that. It was it was fun because you get to say things on the mic in front of a lot of people that you you would never ever say in real life. Right. Um, but one night I was working in El Paso. I was uh, working for Global Championship Wrestling at the time. And oh, really? Mm-hmm. We used to do. Uh, uh, we would shoot two television programs on the same night, so we would drive down. It would take about four hours. We would. It was kind of like they used to do the old Thunder tapings yeah, or yeah. Nitro tapings. Uh, so we would tape one full show. We'd take a quick break, and then another two hours would tape another show. Wow. And one show would air on Friday night following that, and then the the, fo- the next show would air the following week. Um, so one night I was, I was getting ready to uh, take off, getting dressed again, and the promoter came up to me, and he said, I got this idea. What, what do you think of, of becoming a hobo? Because I used to have really long hair. It was about halfway down my back. Okay. And I was much younger then. I guess I was probably 19 or 20. Uh, he said he thought it would be cool if we put a put the world championship belt on on a homeless guy. <laughs> so would you consider doing it? And I said, well, yeah, I'll, I'll do that for the belt. And I, I actually changed my mind because two weeks had passed. It was time to drive down and, and, and do the show. And I got cold feet about it because yeah. I'd never wrestled in front of anybody without a mask on. And I had never been a good guy. Um, I wasn't even sure I knew how to do that. Right. Um, and I, I really didn't want to, you know, go out in a ring and act drunk and act the fool. Yeah. Uh, and oh, you had fo- to act drunk? They made you... Yeah, that was the idea. They wanted me to, to uh, yeah, pretend I was drunk, pretend I did all the, the bad stereotypes of yeah. a vagrant. And I, I didn't want to influence kids like that. There's a lot of kids in the arena, and so I thought I'd, I should take the high road and perhaps bow out of that. And I called uh, the booker that morning about f- about five thirty six o'clock in the morning. I said, "Man, I can't do this. I just don't think I could pull it off." And he uh, he said, uh, "Well, we already advertised. You're already on that poster, and there's, we really can't back out. So do us a favor. Come tonight. Do it one time. Um, you know, if, if you hate it." We'll we'll scrap the idea. We'll just give the fans what we've advertised. So we drove down. I did it, and I tried to sabotage it. I tried to do it, just stupid things in the ring. Favorite. I was come tonight, I was stealing stealing people's shoes. I was just you know going nuts with it, and the crowd <laughs> erupted. They were so into it. <laughs> you were stealing people. That's all. Yeah, it was. You know, I was drinking beer. I, I I guess I did do the beer thing, but I went out and got a hot dog in the middle of the match. I just took off and grabbed you know went to the uh, snack bar and. Um, yeah, just so you had to keep com- coming up with the sabotage kind of stuff 
throughout, like after coming up with the hobo Hank? Well, yeah, I was trying to trying to scrap that idea that night, and and the the crowd reaction was so ridiculous. Um, I don't to this day I don't remember. There was a big star on that show, and it was somebody from WCW, and I don't remember. If if it, it might have been it might have been Juventud Guerrera. Oh, okay. And it might have been Conan. I, I I don't remember. I feel like you would know if it was Juventud because <laughs> of all the stories I've heard. I've, I've worked with him a couple times. Oh, I've worked okay. with all those guys a couple times, but yeah. Um, but that particular night, I don't remember who it was, but I I got a bigger reaction than they did. Oh wow! And so as soon as I walked down, you know, up the ramp to go to the dressing room again, the promoter and the booker grabbed me and they said, "This this is gold, man. You can't." You are Hobo Hank. It's it's over for you. So from that point on, anytime I wrestled in El Paso, I couldn't I couldn't shake it. That's that was the gimmick. Oh wow! You yeah. could not be Hobo Hank. You had to be Hobo Hank in, I, in El Paso at least. Oh, hey. Yeah, yeah. It was it was just you can, can flirt with my girlfriend. <laughs> she don't like homeless people. It was it was crazy. So yeah, I worked down there for a couple more years, and then um, I was working for other companies at the same time. I I travel around. Uh, but when I, I when they finally kind of broke up, disbanded, and I I was working primarily up in Amarillo again, because I worked up there quite a bit. Well, there was the there was for a long time there wasn't one here at all. That's correct. Yeah, because they wouldn't allow it. Right? There was well, there was regulations, and they were trying to boxing. From what I understand, the people who did boxing were in MMA were really trying to keep you guys out. Uh, right. And really, what it was is uh, you know it was an old old set of laws. You know, back in the day, uh, wrestling enthusiasts and promoters wouldn't wouldn't admit to what wrestling was you know the term entertainment was never flung around and uh they just wouldn't admit it so back in those days they would write kayfabe. exactly the we kayfabe also would have accepted they had just had small dicks and that's why they <laughs> yeah that could be you know <laughs> well know. it was like protect the business at all costs absolutely yeah so they they would protect it so far to where they would rather deal with these laws that were very difficult to work around and so we were put under the same umbrella as boxing yeah and uh you know to the point where we had to do weigh-ins and and really? physicals oh yeah absolutely yes because that's what you do boxing yep yep so for the first first couple of years of my career uh, first lot of years of my career actually probably the first half the only time i wrestled on new mexico soil was Maybe a handful of shows that we had done that were regulated. Uh, I think I, I worked maybe in Alamogordo. I ran a couple shows, um, but a majority of the New Mexico shows that I worked were in Indian reservations. Oh, really? There was no laws. Wow. Yeah, that's tight. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> One would wonder how you got transportation to such places. You know, it's amazing what hitchhiking will <laughs> yeah, do for you. That's man. true, right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty amazing. So, where did you train at? Uh, I trained with a, a gentleman named Ernest Baca, and okay. he, he lived in just south of Berlin. I, I used to live in Albuquerque. I grew up in Albuquerque, and I moved down to Las Lunas when I was about 14 years old. And the day I moved there, I met my wife, and uh, I've been with her 20, 21 years this week, actually. So Aww. I'm sure she's watching, so happy anniversary, <laughs> baby. The, um, the day you moved down there? The day I moved down there, yeah. We went to the store and uh, ran into her. She was... Our fam, we had uh, family members were friends, so they made the introduction. But oh, that's serendipity! Yeah, we started dating six months later, and we've been together for twenty-one years. So nice. congratulations! Yeah, thank you. This was Las Lunas. This is in Las Lunas or, nice. or Belen. Um, Belen, she's probably pretty tough. Then. I need, I need actually need to go to like Las Lunas. Yeah, now. she's a Puerto Rican <laughs> from Belen, man. So Puerto Rican from Belen. Yeah, so taking chair shots—that's nothing to me. It's yeah, it's, yeah. The ring is <laughs> like my sanctuary. Nice. Um, nah, she's a, I, I, she's I, a I, sweetheart. I get into the ring just to get away from her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tonight we're going to throw you off the top turnbuckle, pile drive you into a chair. Yeah. Nah, that's okay. Will <laughs> that I be totally in a coma? Works. How long will I be in a coma for, yeah. you think? <laughs> Should have seen my honeymoon. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm, sure she's, I'm sure she's amazing. She is. She's a, she's a wonderful woman. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of that, there's people watching at home. You can call in 505-715-6511. The number is on the bottom of the screen here. So call in if you want to ask Hank a question about wrestling or just want to call in and, you know, just don't do the order a pizza thing. Yeah. Don't, don't do the pizza ordering thing. <laughs> Unless uh, you actually order, order a pizza us, yeah. and, and send have it, it sent to, to us. us. Yeah. Very cool. So you've been wrestling for 20 years. What's the biggest match you've ever had? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, I've probably had 
four to five hundred matches. Wow, something like that. Um, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of big ones. It just depends on on the company and the time, I guess. And you know, last time I was on an interview, I, I talked about um, Day of Destiny. Oh, forgive me. Six, I think it was six or seven. Yeah. Uh, Joe Casada and I headlined that show. Okay. We were in a steel cage for the heavyweight championship. Joe's a, Joe's a cool guy. I know. I kind of know yeah. Joe not well, but we've talked before. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. And his his ex girlfriend is our one of our best friends, and she did the national anthem one time at one of the newer shows at the Westside Community Center. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, very cool. And she got to go in the back. I was so jealous. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you guys can come in the back. Just oh, just sneak in with me. It's fine. We'll sneak in. <laughs> you just made his we're, day. Yeah, we're, we're, we're hobos entourage. That's right. Yay! That's right. Um, totally. Yeah, that was a, that was a pretty cool show. You know, because yeah. it was the first time I'd ever won a heavyweight championship belt anywhere, and it was the first time I ever worked inside of a steel cage. Oh man, which was cool too. Um, but, you know, I've, I don't know. I've I've done a. Uh, I, I like wrestling mosh pit Mike a lot. Yeah, and so there was a. We main evented a show back in like 2010, I think it was, and I won the the heavy, the uh, extreme title that night. Okay, and that was just a fantastic match. We we took it to the limits and had a really good time. So uh, that was probably my favorite match. Interesting. But, That's but, tight. Yeah, I've also, there was a, also a show I did back in like '01 that was it was literally all stars, just some of the biggest names in wrestling from when I grew up watching it. Yeah, and then me. So I was completely out of place on that event but uh you know <laughs> to work a show with uh i mean everybody was it was like it was jake the snake roberts oh, wow. and abdul the butcher and oh um god yeah it was i'm, I'm a wrestling fan since i was five so yeah. i mean you, you're not gonna say anybody i wouldn't know sure well to be 19 years old and drinking in a bar with those guys after oh, the show because oh, stories yeah because you worked the same show as they did and you stay in the same hotel that was a pretty cool and, moment and jake the snake roberts is known as probably the greatest ring psychologist that has ever lived absolutely what you does it even mean um you could probably explain it better than i can i mean a, ring, I, I, a ring psychologist so a match is a story yeah and if you do it right you know it's not just two guys that get in the ring and they just slam each other around there's an actual storytelling to it and getting the mark or the person to believe the story that's being told in the ring. For example, you're kicking somebody in the leg over and over and over again, and the guy that you're kicking in the leg, he sells the inju- injury. Say he, say he turns it around and he starts fighting back, and he goes to suplex you, but his leg goes out because it's weakened. I mean, that's telling the story and getting you to believe that oh. he's actually hurt. So there's like... You know, they're like Allah. He hit his legs. Yeah, I mean, am I explaining it correctly? Yeah, that is you know, well put. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's you know, it's it's getting mm. it's getting the story that you without words, telling a story with you know physical violence, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah, and doing doing everything the way you should, not just getting in there and doing a bunch of high spot maneuvers and you know getting the crowd to pop. I mean, it's actually you know Jake the Snake Roberts. Would get you to believe that you're like, wow, this guy's you know really menacing, and he's going at any moment he could just take out the other guy. Mm-hmm. He was very good about that. His uh, promo work was also among the best. Oh, hand, hands, hands Jake, down. Jake is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for me, Rowdy Roddy Piper was was probably the best. But mm-hmm. my my hero growing up, I was I'm a, I'm a Ric Flair fan. Sure, big time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Woo! No, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Ric Flair. <laughs> Ric Flair was also one of those people who could tell the story mm-hmm. in the ring. And then late in his later years, he kind of like you know he would do the same match every time. And I could sit there and tell you, I was like, okay, they're going to throw him into the turnbuckle. He's going to flip over the turnbuckle. He's going to try to run. They're going to clothesline him. It got to where you could literally, you know, because he just, you know, he kind of phoned it in a couple times. Which <laughs> I don't know, maybe that happens, but. Uh, who was your favorite growing up? Who was your wrestler that got you into the business? That you were like, I love that dude. Um, yeah, I was pretty young. It was probably seven when I really got into it. Uh, but Ultimate Warrior certainly caught my oh, eye. Nice. You know, now, now knowing what I know now, uh, maybe not so much. But no. <laughs> but uh, he was sure attention grabbing. When you were then. a kid, like that guy was the. You're like, wow. There's yeah. no way someone could beat that guy. He's so physically imposing. Yep. And he Absolutely. he was wearing three different colors of neon. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, mean, I only have was one. In the 90s, that guy was amazing. Yeah, and just that entrance where he just full throttle ran to the ring, 
slid under and just ended the match in like you know less than a minute. Yeah, absolutely. you were just like, whoa! Like between him and the Road Warriors, I mean, that was like the Road Warriors thing, right? Yeah, like, the Road Warriors were great too. That was my favorite <laughs> tag team, hands oh, down. And they were the real deal. They were like they talk about the real deal. Like they were bouncers mm-hmm. that lifted weights, and then they they were seen in a gym, and they're like, hey, you guys should you know wrestle. And they learned how to wrestle, but literally, if they wanted to kick the shit out of you in the ring, they could and, that, and would. That's a fact. Yes, that's I, a fact. I can. I have never wrestled the <laughs> yeah. Road Warriors, but I have wrestled on shows with the Road Warriors. Oh, jeez. So, um, yeah, those guys are as solid as a brick house, man. How do you? How do you? I mean, do you do you still follow the industry? What you know, somewhat. Um, you know, I I don't watch wrestling. I I haven't for a long time. Yeah, and, and that's I, I don't want to bag on what it is these days yeah. but it, it's just it doesn't suit my taste i'm with you um to me wrestling is an art and that's just yeah. not the kind of art i enjoy so right. uh, so do you think that the wrestling nowadays that people see is more theatrical more on the more crazy entertainment side than more of the wrestling style There's, they've lost the wrestling they've lost the re- wrestling in the stories that they've created for the for all yeah. the wrestlers they they do and, and you know it, it's even deeper than that it's going back to the psychology of it you know there was some there are some great wrestling psychologists in this business and it and it really does you know it it is everything that happens from the moment you hit the curtain to the moment you go back mm-hmm. through the curtain the way the way that we walk the way that we look at people the way that how fast we go through our entrance the way we tie our shoes prior to the the match there's the guys that do it right there's a lot of little tiny details that go into it that you may not even pick up on consciously, but subconsciously I think uh, people do. And when you're trying to evoke emotion out of a large group of people, you know, several hundred or several thousand, um, it takes all those little details to really get it to ripple through that large of a, of a venue. Um, what's, what's happening in wrestling today is a lot of the guys are just getting trained the same way. They're all learning how to do the mechanics of the moves and, and the matches, and they're very good at it, and they're very, they're very uh, athletic. Um, I mean, some of the most athletic wrestling we've ever seen. But I think it lacks the emotion because those guys are, are put together in, in a match and then it is produced. It's produced prior to going on the air. Yeah, they mm-hmm. even have, like, they script out all so their... So it's all scripted now. They script out their promos, everything. Completely. And in the, in the olden days, even on television, what you were seeing was somebody who had maybe been given an idea of a character, as I have, but they developed it into something that was truly... Mm-hmm. It, it was part of them. And so they were given that avenue to come out live and portray that character and it was less scripted so they could do things that were more like that character yeah. and i think the characters came through the television a little more i think the end the end of that was uh stone cold steve austin and the rock where you actually, yeah. actually let them just come out and you the character came out and it really it really shocks me that that happens like that because i mean some of the people that are in the background are like arn anderson that right and you would think arn anderson would just be totally against every bit of that because he was one of those people that was great at ring psychology. He really was. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I love the Four Horsemen. They were all... I mean, the original, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, mm-hmm. J.J. Dillon, and Ric Flair. That was like the, you know, Saturday Saturday afternoons with my dad. I was a kid watching it. Not knowing that they're in a small studio with like 50 people in there. Right. Yep. You know? And Ric Flair's out there ripping his shirt off, red, you know, yep. screaming into the camera, <laughs> Dusty Rhodes! <laughs> you know? and, and it made you feel it at home. You could feel yeah. it right through the camera. Oh, and I was, like, I was like, man, he needs to kick Dusty Rhodes' ass because there's no way that, that that guy could beat Ric Flair. That was just me, you know, because Dusty Rhodes would get in the ring and he's the American dream and he's just like morbidly obese big guy you know, right. that could move around the ring like nobody's business. Yeah, and that's something you'd, you would just never see. These days it's all guys with great yeah. bodies, yep. little black tights, using their real names half the time. Uh, and I just don't, you know, I, I haven't turned on the television and seen anybody with the exception of Bray Wyatt. That has caught my attention in he's the last. Good. He's years. really good. I, I think he's fantastic, and and it it uh, you know breaks my heart a little bit. I wish that I wish that he existed back when I used to watch yeah. it as a kid because I think Billy likes him. Yeah, he's awesome. 
And and had he been allowed to just run with that character to the fullest extent, the way yeah. that he would have back then, I think we would be seeing magic. Oh, and he's so. a third generation. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a he's Barry Windham's son. Uh, um, he's uh, IRS. Um, oh, that's right. Never mind. I'm sorry. He's Barry Windham's Mike, nephew. Mike Rotunda. Mike, Mike Rotunda's right. kid, and Mike Rotunda married Barry Windham's sister. Right. And they had a child. That's right. And then Bo Dallas is the other one. Are you saying like conspiracy theories or what's going on? What are you just naming off names? Oh no no. Um, so Barry oh, Windham. Yeah, Barry Windham was one. Um, you guys don't follow wrestling, do you? Yeah, not like in the last ten. Oh, yeah, Chris, Chris will put really a thing really is, well, Chris will be like tonight. We're for, we're going to fucking watch whatever. We're going to yeah. watch the Russell or the Royal Rumble, yeah. or whatever. Have you seen uh, AJ Styles? I've seen some of AJ's work, and I think he's a great worker. Oh great my gosh! Wrestler. So. The fact that he went to WWE, like he went to he went to TNA, mm-hmm. which is in in the process of being sold. I don't know if you saw that. I did. I heard that. Yes. Did you see who's like who the people are wanting to buy it? Uh, WWE for and, sure. And, I, and Billy Corgan. Billy. Well, okay. Billy? Yeah. yeah. Billy Corgan is the president of TNA right now. That would, I, you know, honestly, I think I hope he gets it. Yeah, I, I do too. I think at least it would be interesting. At least mm-hmm. there's something different. And well, he really loves it. Like he's a big yeah. fan. But so AJ went from TNA, where he was pretty much their their guy mm-hmm. that they built up, and he went to Japan, and they did the Bullet Club, you know, with the you know, and then with all the the Bullet. The, do you ever follow any of that stuff? Uh, a little bit. So the Bullet Club was all all members, all foreign wrestlers coming into Japan would would they formed a group called the Bullet Club, and they were like the evil organization in Japan. Sure. And uh, so he became the leader after. Uh, Finn, uh, Finn Baker or Finn Baylor left and went to WWE. So then he got to come back. To, he got to come to WWE, and I was really worried about him coming to WWE because WWE, like, they'll take a wrestler, and you know, you have like wrestlers that have like you know they can do two hundred moves, and they'll they'll scale them down to like twenty, and they're all you when you go out do these twenty moves, but these three for sure, and they'll turn these moves into like their signature moves. So you'll have this guy who, like, you watch him in Japan, and he'll put on an amazing match with all these moves, and da-da, and he'll come to WWE, and he'll every week he'll come out, and he'll do the same 20 moves. Right. And you're like, what the hell happened here? But they actually, this time, have let him come out and do kind of whatever he does. And that blew me away. That's that's what needs to happen, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, if you if you really think about it, when, when we were kids and, and the wrestling mm-hmm. that we loved, the characters that we were yeah. so in love with, did not come from WWE manufacturing. Nope. That came from AWA. It came from ECW. Yeah, yeah, USWF and yep. all these. Uh, oh man, all these territorial leagues and you know guys like Vern Gagne were making stars. Oh. They built those guys Larry by the Zabisco. time they go right. Yeah. So by the time we got them on television, they were already ready to rock and oh, roll. Hell yeah, you had Larry Zabisco, you had Dean Malenko. Mm-hmm. I loved watching Dean Malenko wrestle because he would get in the ring and they called him the Man of a Thousand Holds. And he would do every match you saw. He would do moves you'd never seen before. And you're like, holy shit. So I would want to watch him. I wouldn't go out there and he would do the same, you know. Like, like, like Chris Jericho is a great example. He came to the WWE and he, he excellent mic worker. Comes in there and he does the same like five moves every match. Where yeah. when he was in WCW, he was like all over the place, you know. He did some amazing stuff. Yeah. And I mean, he has gotten a little older now. But, but yeah, so WWE tends to water people down, I feel. That's a fair assessment, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Never worked for him, but I, you yeah. know, I, I assume that if I ever had that opportunity, that they would shape this character into whatever they felt like it needed to be, and and uh, it would it would. So you need a, you need a new dirty jacket. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like, sequins or something. I'm not, I'm not work. I'm not down with the orange. It's got to be green. Yeah. Right. Like, no, I'm out. Did you ever see? Okay, so there was a wrestler for XWF, Homeless Jimmy. I have seen almost Jimmy. Okay, yes. mm-hmm. I watched that. To me, that wrestling, I, I enjoyed it. I watched one of their their uh, tournament shows where they did like a, a hardcore tournament, right? And homeless Jimmy came out with a shopping cart, and some dude did power bombed him onto the shopping cart, and I was like, that, oh my god! <laughs> I was like, how do you walk in ten years from after doing stuff like that? That hurts. I, felt, I felt really bad for that guy. Have you done crazy hardcore matches like that? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I've done a lot of hardcore matches. I, I don't, I don't enjoy watching um, 
it goes back to psychology. Even with the hardcore wrestling, there yeah. has to be psychology. There has to be right. a reason why these guys are are fighting. Right. There has to be a, a method to the madness and a pacing to the match. And most of that of of those really true hardcore organizations, it just it just gets to just be blood and guts. Yeah. So uh, without that, I don't I don't have any interest. But no, I've done my fair share of all those. Have you bladed? Uh, sure. Yeah. 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 What's that? Bladed is they they take a little a little razor oh, and they okay. fold it up and they put it in the tape on their arm and then whenever they get slammed into something you know For the the, the uh, other wrestler tries to get the attention to him and they cut their head and then when they get up they're bleeding you're like oh my god he got hit into the the pole and he's bleeding you know my favorite my favorite blader of all time is Steve Carino uh, yeah I've, I, he he does <laughs> he's got his own way of doing it and yeah. it uh, it works. So Steve Carino was this wrestler that wrestled in ECW, mm-hmm. and his gimmick was was ECW was like all hardcore wrestling, extreme tables getting smashed through, chairs used. So his gimmick was I'm the anti extreme wrestler. So he'd bring a chair into the ring, sit it down, grab the guy in a headlock, and then sit down in the chair, and that's how he used the chair, you know. Mm-hmm. And so he had blonde hair. He dyed his hair blonde like Ric Flair and those guys. And in the old days, Ric Flair would have his hair blonde, and then you know he would be in his pay per view and with Terry Funk, and Terry Funk would pile drive him through a table, and then of course Ric Flair was bleeding, and his hair would turn red from the blood. You know, mm-hmm. Steve Carino's take on it was they would whip Steve Carino into the corner turnbuckle, and he would start bleeding, right? Yeah, <laughs> for nothing at all, <laughs> yeah. from literally nothing at all. They'd body slam him, and he's bleeding from the head. You know, yep, and his hair would get red. Yeah, thirty, 30 <laughs> years ago, the wrestling mafia would have killed him for that, but yes. These days, you know, when you got movies like The Wrestler that show yeah. it up close and personal, it's kind of hard to deny it. I just love that 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 comedy because yeah. it was like they whipped him into the turnbuckle. He's bleeding, right? You know, if if you ever heard the conversations that happen backstage at some of the events, uh, it's a shame some of the things that don't actually make it to the ring because yeah. that that we all you know we kick around ideas that yeah. are just ridiculous and uh, some of them make it out there. You never know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the so, thing is like. I really, really hate when Chris is like, hey, check this out. And he'll put on a YouTube video of ECW. And this guy has like, what, like a little cheese grater? Cheese grater. And I'm like, the fuck is, I can't watch this. I'm sorry, I cannot watch this. And uh, and it's not like, here's the thing with that. And, I, and maybe you can explain this. This is where I think wrestling is insane. Like, it, you know, people, people say, well, it's fake or whatever not. And uh, I'm like, okay. But let me explain something to you. There's a there was a match where the Hardy Boys wrestled against and James is slurping um, beer off of the table. Sure. There was a match with the Hardy Boys and uh, I think it was Edge and Christian. It was a it was a cage match. There was a, a spot in the match where they're outside the cage and it was a cage with a roof and Jeff Hardy's up on top of the cage and like Edge is laying on the floor. Well, he does a swanton bomb off like a front flip off and. Edge moves and he lands flat on his back on the concrete, and everybody's all, "Well, you know, that happens." I go, "No, here's the thing: they planned that out, where he's like, I'm going to jump off, you move, and I'll land flat on my back on the concrete." Right. That to me is insane that you would even fathom that idea. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It, you never know <laughs> what you're going to see, and, and and that that would be a case of those guys. They they called for that, I'm sure. Oh yeah, I got some Mad Dog on that's. Is that a sponsor also? Or? <laughs> yeah. No. Wow. Well, he's just about to drink it. It, it, it was, it was, it was me, and I was like, um, yeah, we're going to have a hobo on tonight, so we need some hobo wine. Wow, that, that uh, takes me back to my El Paso wrestling days. <laughs> so you hand it to me? Yeah, right. Well, you're our hobo. You our hobo. hobo. Yeah. Man, our hobo. I think we kept those guys in business for about oh, two gosh. and a half years. So. <laughs> so, oh, Mogan and David? They're fine. So I don't watch a, bu- a lot of wrestling anymore. I mean, I kind of watched it as a kid and kind of fell out of it. Do you think now, like the local like wrestling matches that you do, are more extreme than what we see on on like the TV like nowadays? Like, is there more yeah. craziness that happens yeah. in the local areas than it would be on TV? You see more wrestling. Yeah, that's, you see a lot more wrestling. That's that's true. See a lot less talking. Um, I mean, we do we do our our fair share of promos, and so we do have to get the yeah. story across. and uh, And it's hard for us. It's it's different when you're on television, uh, regardless of it's WWE or all the times that I've worked on television. It's 
it's nice because you have announcers that support you. Right. So as you're trying to get your story across, you have two guys sitting behind microphones that are literally yeah. speaking what you're what you're trying to achieve. Um, and you also have the benefit of the same fans tuning in week after week after week. Whereas in in our case, uh, it's once a month. Yeah, and and if you're lucky, that same fan will come twelve times a year. But if not, they might hit four or five I, shows. I, I try, but you did one in Sandia Park. I can't drive out there. Sorry, that, I didn't. I didn't choose that. I but know. I know. It was a it was a fun event. Yeah. I'll go back. Well, up did there. Did you guys get a lot of like crowd out there? It was a pretty good turnout. Yeah. Nice. I was surprised, and wow. I really wanted to go, and I was like, Ah, it's Sandia Park. That's really far. But we had done a meet and greet that day. Uh, where, yeah. You know, fans that came early could come meet me and get autographs with uh, Joe Casada and myself. And, oh, okay. And uh, I told Joe just prior, I said, we're going to be sitting in an empty parking lot, man. That's, that is just a fact. And shockingly, there was probably 70 people that showed up Dang. Uh, two hours early just to come shake hands and get pictures, well, which was cool. I started going, like, I, I started to see, like, Facebook posts uh, about, I don't know, a year and, yeah. Eight months ago. And so then I was like, oh, wow, there's wrestling. And so then I got some people, and I said, let's go to this thing at the armory. Is when you guys were at the armory. Mm-hmm. And we went, and I mean, there was probably maybe 80 to 100 people. Right. I would say. Now, you guys are at the West Westside Community Center, mostly. Like, usually that's kind of like your, or I don't know. It's, that, our, it's our preferred spot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say you probably get 100 to 50 on average, probably. To two hundred, maybe. Uh, it's 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 more than that, actually. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it's I, quite a bit. Yeah, it's it's in the two two fifty range on and, average, but uh, and I try to go to all of them, and I see a lot of the same people. Uh-huh. You know, you definitely your 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 ringside people are almost always the same people. Yeah, they're the ones that can afford the, yeah. the twenty five dollar tickets. Well, they <laughs> they not only can afford it, they 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 go out of their way to afford it. That's correct. Which goes to show that you're you're putting on a good. I mean that that goes to show that you're putting out a product that they want to support i mean you know they may they may or may not have the money but they do it anyway you know oh man yeah. like it's just it's, yeah. just it's just funny to see like people just the guys who are just so fucking pissed off at these guys oh yeah just yelling in the face of the whoever oh when you fought the guy yeah. that was like iranian or whatever yeah he almost got in a fight in the crowd oh he did yeah that yeah. was that absolutely uh almost turned very bad for for all of us, I was sitting so. there like I was like, "Do they really think that?" I mean, that's that's what, yeah. what's going on Don't over there. Ruin it for them, Chris. Yeah, they think it's real. <laughs> it's still real to me. Damn it! <laughs> Look yeah. up that guy. So, do people actually come up to you and say like, do something weird that you're a hobo hang? Like they try to give you money or or anything like that? Uh, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I've had. Uh, I, I like I love being a, a good guy. That's way better for me these days. Um, yeah, I, I've had. You know, parents uh, tell me that every time they drive by the frontier, that the their children make them go through the alley just to see if I might be hanging out back there. And, That's amazing. Um, I actually got asked uh, a while back. They asked me if I would consider doing a Hobo Hank birthday party. This kid wanted to, his birthday party to be Hobo Hank, and uh, I wasn't able to make the actual party, but I, I did meet him at a restaurant and took him a bunch of autographed pictures and uh, t-shirts and stuff, and hung out with him for lunch for his birthday. Oh yeah, you definitely the kids love you. They oh they do. Yeah, oh they do. That's awesome. <laughs> so, when you come out, you do the you, you you kind of come out through the crowd. You don't kind of you do right. right. Uh, and then the first time I ever saw you, you like stood right next to me on the <laughs> chair, and I took a picture of you, like standing up on the chair. Mm-hmm. And then you go and like you know, as, as time has gone on, I've noticed people now bring like posters. Where they'll put like chips and a coke on there mm-hmm. to feed you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People buy me food. People hand me money. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, cool. one of them, you. So you have this ongoing. I mean, it's been a year now, probably or longer. You've had this ongoing feud with the. Oh, it's been a longer than a year. Mm-hmm. Feud with the director of competition, uh, Matthew. Is it Robles? Right. Yeah. We've so DWO is actually. I I joined DWO in '08. Okay, and that was here in Albuquerque. Wow, so, is it that old? Yeah, it is. Uh, they, they, I think they launched in '06 somewhere around there. And I yeah. was, I was running my own promotion, uh, Legends and Amateurs Wrestling (LAW). Really? At the time, yeah, the, I actually owned a company with uh, uh, Mosh Pit Mike and Thunder. No kidding. Uh huh. And we, we joined up with DWO, and so we had, we had worked with them for five, probably five years six years and then we took a little break because they were 
they were working out all the details with the uh, athletic commission. So we yeah. were off for about a year and a half, and then we relaunched. In, I think it was fourteen, two thousand fourteen, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Back at the there was a, a venue on Five Points at the time. Uh, Five Points and Bridge. Is that, okay. Is that, yeah, a, yeah. Is that a real cross street? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't hang out that there. That does late exist, night, so, but yeah, so it's, no. it's, it's not just wrestling. It's like a lot of the administration part of it. Like uh, you have to like get permits. You have to be on the oh, phone yeah. with people. You have to get security, pay security, have you know, write checks, all that kind of thing. Oh yeah, it's a full fledged business. Yeah, when I was promoting shows, you have to do all that, and then I mean, you deal with everybody. You deal with the yeah. fire marshal. You yeah. deal with. Uh, you know, emergency response. You deal with doctors, and yeah, because you have to have them there. Yeah, in case you know someone's like, I'm going to do a high spot, and then they mess up and shatter their leg on the the fence outside the ring. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to take them out in an ambulance. That's just, crazy. Yeah. Just yeah, like we have me here. Exactly. <laughs> in case this happens during the show, who knows? You're the mouth to mouth guy. Yeah. All right. And that's the guy. <laughs> so, how long have you been in this feud with uh, director of competition Matthew Robles? Um. Well. For four years with that little four break years. involved, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he actually cost me the world uh, title when I when I lost it. So so people that are watching that don't know, Destiny Wrestling is a local wrestling organization here in, in the Albuquerque territory area. You know, you guys tour around a little bit. Sure. You kind of go out to some – I've seen you guys go all the way to Texas. Yeah, we've done some shows yeah. in Texas. So you're kind of like – you're like um, – if I was – for lack of a better, you know, you're like the Hulk Hogan of the Destiny Wrestling. You're like the the, the biggest good guy. I'll, I'll take that. I appreciate it. I, yeah. I, you are. Yeah. In I mean, our hearts, yes, you are. When you, you are. when you come out, like your storyline, like no matter what, you may not have a match scheduled, they have you come out sure. and do a thing. Mm-hmm. And the crowd goes crazy. The little kids go crazy. I don't think there's anyone else that has that kind of pop, you know, in the organization that I've seen. Oh, thank you. Um, so you're kind of like the the main good guy, like the John Cena, I guess. I don't know. So sure. that's why, like the because I mean, you're in the you're in the storyline with the you know like the the Vince McMahon character, exactly. If, yeah. Yep. So that's why I say that because like he he always comes out and he's trying to stop you. He's trying to stomp you down, and you know he'll he'll come out and say. Hobo Hank has to wrestle three times tonight, and then you'll have to wrestle three matches. Yeah, which, and then you win them all, and you know yeah. he's like angry, and you know he's <laughs> like, "Oh, fuck you, oh I've been foiled again." You know, <laughs> I hate wrestling three times a night. By the way, just just for the yeah. record, if anybody's listening, I'm getting too old for that. Yeah. What is your What is your favorite like finishing maneuver? I mean, because I've I've noticed you do the tornado DDT. Yep. Is that your finisher? It is, yeah. Back uh, back in the day, the early days of Hobo Hank, I used to do a Hurricane Rana off the oh, top rope. Oh, jeez! Uh, we called it the Hobo Rana. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, the whole the whole idea was, you know, you just don't expect somebody that looks like me to be able to pull something like that off. And hey, uh, the Sandman could do it. This, that's that is true. Yeah, I'm, I'm his pretty was, similar. His was the Heineken Rana. The Heineken Rana. <laughs> I had the Hobo Rana. Uh, but I I actually I botched that move very badly one night, and I I. Uh, dislocated this arm oh severely and almost broke my neck so Jeez. i just saw that and that's insane I what's re- that the tornado ddt yeah go look up uh, the the heineken rana i will say this the moves that you guys do in wrestling is i'm like how the hell do they manage to pull that crap off it's insane well yeah. so props to that for for even being able what to pull I love, that move in loved, general thank you what i loved and i i really feel this was wcw that did this is in the in the 90s, like the transition from the 80s to the 90s. In the 80s, you had the American style because there's different styles of pro wrestling. Yeah. And in the 80s, it was the you know the American style, the body slam, the you know the punch, the kick, the headlock, um, suplex, all that. And then you started to see like, and as the 90s came along, the Japanese style and the Mexican style kind of come in more. Mm-hmm. And that's when you started seeing like the he- the Heineken Ranas, the you know the 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 moon salts, mm-hmm. the people that are flying out of the ring. You know, and that really, like the wrestling we have now is really like a a combination of all three of those styles. There's the English style, but I really think the English style is a lot more like the American style. 
It's very similar, yeah. Yeah, except they don't punch. They do the you know they do the forearms. Well, you just see like the old fashioned like punching like boxing like matches where they're just standing here with like their fists like yeah. out in front of them. <laughs> that's English style. Like yeah. that's English style. Sorry, but yeah. still you have like that traditional, and then it kind of changes yeah. up, and now you have a mixture. Yeah. And and you and you go. and you have like more of the high flying high spot maneuvers, and that's more Japanese. Like the the, the WCW brought in the cruiserweights, and you had Jushin Thunder Liger, you had the Great Muda. And then you had uh, Ultimo Dragon that came in and really, and like Chris Jericho, who was uh, Tiger Mask when he was in Japan, and they would bring these maneuvers over, and then you were just like, whoa, like the moonsault, the lion salt. Yeah, things we'd the, never you know, seen. Nev- yeah, we'd never seen before. And, and every one of them that came in, you were just like, whoa, you know, what the hell was that? See, that's like, as far as like modern wrestling goes, I don't see. Really, any of that? If you watch, like, um, if you watch now, like uh, a good one to watch is AJ Styles. AJ yeah. Styles is is the perfect example of all of the styles. He's okay. all in one. Good. Like he does, you know, crazy maneuvers. Then he'll do, you know, body slam. He'll do, uh, you know, tiger bombs. My question is like, I don't know why like WWE doesn't like have more because like, like, they said like you you know it's like, well it goes two hundred moves goes at twenty and then to like. Well, it goes to like this. You know, how much did the Dallas Cowboys pay Tony Romo? A lot of money. Do they want Tony Romo running headfirst into linebackers? No. <laughs> so with WWE, they just paid somebody, you know, a couple million dollars. They don't want him doing a moonsault into the crowd. You oh, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you and That's now. exactly what it is. You know, because those maneuvers, they're high high spots, and they, they, they get a good pop from the crowd, but then you miss, and your neck's broken. Yeah. For, for good example, Sting at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Sting, oh, Sting's shit. an old guy, and he's wrestling for the world title against um, what's the guy's name who used to be in the Shield? Um, Seth, right? Seth, yeah, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, yeah. and Seth Rollins does a, a, a power bomb like where he, you know, power bombs Sting into the corner turnbuckle. Pretty, pretty standard maneuver, and it broke one of his vertebrae in his back, and that's the end. That's it. He he went numb, went down, and they were like, "Oh shit!" You know, and they literally. Stop the match for a second so the ref could go, are you okay? And he's like, no. And then they, they finished the match. They let him finish the match as e- gingerly as they could. Yeah. And now he's retired. Dang. It's and like that one match. They just brought him in. When, when um, I guess, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin beat the – well, he basically had to pin him when he was – Oh, that's uh, when he fast. fought against uh, Owen Hart, and Owen oh. Hart piledrived him, and he didn't tuck his head. Yeah. And it he really got piledrived. Yeah. <laughs> and it compressed his spine and broke one of the vertebrae. Yeah. Uh, shortened his career. And that's why. They won't, like, they're not allowed to do the piledriver anymore. WWE. There's, really? You know, yeah. Nope. Damn. The only person who could do the piledriver is the uh, Undertaker, and he does the tombstone because they trust him. Like the Undertaker is like the WWE's like you know golden child of, of all time. Well, yeah. But how long has he been there? He's been there for since I was um, years. He's the longest tenured wrestler, I would say, since the eighties. Wow. Yeah, late eighties. Um, yeah, that's yeah. that's about right. Yeah. He's got tenure, man. Yeah. Like, like if he's, he's a yeah. professor. Well, that's you, that's know. one wrestler I do know. <laughs> well, he was also like I don't know about, I don't know if you know this. Did you ever hear about Wrestler Court? Wrestler courts. Yes, um, I have heard of wrestler court. So in WWE, for people that don't know, in uh, what time, my mom? What time does the show start? Fifty <laughs> minutes in. Tell her to come over. Uh, She's in clothes. Oh. Six to eight every <laughs> Sunday. Um, so, Mrs. Uh, so Mrs. Burnett. There was wrestler court in the locker rooms. If there was a wrestler who was doing like, because WWE, you know, it has a massive locker room full of wrestlers, so. They would have, uh, if someone new came in and they were, there's, you know, unwritten rules of the locker room. And if someone was getting out of, you know, out of hand, they would bring them out of uh, wrestling. They'd bring them in front of wrestler court and the undertaker was always the judge. And they'd bring them in front of them, you know, and they'd set up like a thing in the, you know, like next to the craft services or whatever. And they would literally say, hey, this is what he's been doing. Da 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 da, and the Undertaker would say, "Okay, well then, here's your punishment." And he would hand out a punishment that if the person didn't do, they would throw their shit out of the locker room and li- would not let them dress in the locker room. 
Holy shit. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> like the Miz, the Miz didn't get to, like, they threw his shit out and he didn't get to rest, dress in the locker room for like six months. <laughs> it's well, just funny shit. That'll does, you. does stuff like that happen with you guys? Oh, uh, yeah. There's, you know, on the road, there's a lot of, a lot of fun uh, antics, I guess, that go on. And it's, it's weird because you don't, especially when you're in the Indies, you work with all kinds of different people. Yeah. It's not like WWE where it's the same 40 guys that just travel all over the world. Right, 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 right. Um, so there's, there's guys that I've worked with dozens and dozens of times and guys I've probably wrestled with twice. And, you know, you just kind of cross paths here and there. And um, in the early days, there's a lot of drinking. Oh, wow. Not... You know, going out, going out to the the ring, drunk. No, no, we were we were all professionals, so we would go do our door show. Party. Yeah, after the party. Uh, yeah, it would, it would just. I, I think I drank more before I turned twenty one than I ever did after. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh man, I dislocated my shoulder. I got drunk that night. That's though. what a lot of them, uh, the old school wrestlers, would do. Yeah, they're like, oh, I'm hurting really bad. Let's just get wasted tonight on whatever. You know, yeah, there's a lot of great stories like that. I'm not well, not great ones, but yeah. a lot of bad ones. Um, we're at the end of the first hour. Let's tease that a little bit. Um, we'll talk some more with Hobo Hobo Hank when we come back the next hour. Um, so next Saturday, the 24th at the Westside Community Center. Do you know what time it starts? Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. That's mm-hmm. that bell time. That is bell time. So get there at six. We'll we'll I'll probably get there a little late because we have a show also yeah, next doing- Saturday. What time is that? We're doing the Rail Yards Market. It starts at 4. Another Rail Yards Market. We're doing Alibi Untapped at the Rail Yard. That's right. We're going to do a podcast from the Rail Yards. Um, so I'll get there, but I might get there right at 7. Unless um, you, well, if you're not the opening match, then we'll see you. Yeah. Well, you don't even have a match scheduled. Um, I'm sure I'll have a match. I'm oh, sure you we, will be we, there. We, I actually <laughs> saw you on the. You're the front and foremost on the flyer. So I'm yeah, like, something's gonna happen. One of them. One of the flyers. They've changed it where he's not on one. Oh, of them. that's deception. but there was. But there was. Uh, Matthew Robles did put out a video calling you out. That is correct. Yeah, and I want. I want to hear your thoughts when we come back. So we'll tease that for the second hour. So next Saturday, the 24th at the Westside Community Center. Seven o'clock tickets are fifteen dollars for general admission, uh, twenty for second row, and twenty five for ringside. Is that right? That is right. Yep. Right on. And actually, I'm, for the for the second hour, I want to hear all the the the, um, the gossip as far as like the worst hated uh, wrestlers in Albuquerque right now. Oh, oh, you mean like who's the most hated? The hate, yeah, the hated, yeah, the most hated. The I hated. will tell you this: other than you, I root for the bad guys. Oh, I was right? going to say That's that right. too. Yeah, I do. I root for the bad guys really hardcore. Uh, and I have, I have some great stories, like just from me growing up. Because uh, to this day, I hate the Undertaker, really, because I met him. Yeah, you guys, um, you guys love the heels, huh? I do. I love the heels. I'm a heel guy. And I love the psychology of it. So, and I'll tell you my favorite wrestlers in the DWO. Um, we'll tease that for the second hour. Um, do you guys? Do you have? So, what's your Facebook page? Uh, it is Hubbo Hank ABQ uh, Facebook dot com. And then the DWO Facebook page. Let's let's give that some love. I wish you guys, or I wish they. I don't know if you, how much you're integrated in the organization. Mm-hmm. I wish they had a, a website. I really do. There, at one point we did. Yeah, yeah a couple of years back. Uh, but I think you know most people do tend to use Facebook these days. Yeah. So. Uh, Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash DWO Wrestling, and it has yeah. And then their Twitter.com account is DWO Wrestling. And YouTube DWO Wrestling as well. Yep. Um, well. Like I said, we have a show. It's it starts at four o'clock on uh, Saturday. We have a show at the Rail Yards Market. We're going to do Alibi Untapped. So come out and say hello to us as well. And then afterwards, we're gonna I'm gonna hustle over and watch Hobo Hank wrestle or do what Hobo Hank has to do to Wait. fight the evil. <laughs> Director of of uh, competition Matthew Robles. Um, anybody else have anything to? You have something coming up? Uh, yeah, I'm playing Sidetrack Brewery um, on September 30th. It's a Friday night. Um, nice. I was there the just the other night, and the owner Anne. Yeah. Bless Anne. She's like, Are "You still gonna play here?" It's like, "Well, let's let me put it in my calendar right now." Shit. Yeah. And we did, and I made a flyer today. So, gonna make an event page here in a couple next couple of days. 
And yeah, hopefully we'll get some people out to Satchel because that's my favorite brewery in town. Yeah. At the moment. ATM. At the moment. <laughs> and we'll play some Billy's music at the at the break. So Unless uh, do you have a do you have a link to your band's page? Oh, do or? you? Yeah. Uh there's some stuff on YouTube. Um, yeah, let's play it. Yeah, sure. Is it like uh live or is it No, it's it's an album. It's, What's the name of called, the the band's called Macadoo, M A C A D O O. M A C M A C A D O O. Okay. And uh, should be I'm a couple tracks. Yeah, because like when you were actually wrestling and you were playing guitars, like that guy's playing guitar for real. Huh. <laughs> That's tight. Do you know which one it is? None of these. The spell right? M-A-C-A-D-O-O? I, I like name McAdoo. Type in... Uh, Maybe band. Texas. But anyway... Um, T-A-X-C. I have a show on September 30th. Dot... What's it again? Oh, the city. Yeah. McAdoo, Texaco? There you go. Oh! preview. There's the real one. the very next one. Okay. I see. This one here. Awesome. So right on. So yeah, if you guys want to add us on uh, on Facebook, Twitter, all that cool stuff, go to tendringminimum.com. We have all the social media right there. Uh, I want to th- uh, thank Hobo Hank for coming on for the first hour, and he's also going to stick around for the second hour, yeah? Absolutely. Sweet. Yeah. And we will as well. I want to thank Oscar Blues for sponsoring this episode of Ten Drink Minimum. Thank you for the delicious beer, Oscar yeah. Blues. So if you guys, if there, you're a brewery out there and you want to sponsor our show, uh, personal message me. At the Tendering Minimum uh, Facebook page or uh, on my personal page. Either way. Uh, we always drink when we do the show. You should always drink as well. But always remember, never, never get, get too, too drunk, drunk to jerk. TendringMinimum.com
Tuck her in and hold her tight Till the break of 